0: Welcome to the Biocharisma Podcast. I'm your host Christopher Gardner. Today we have Jim Lee of climateviewer.com. Jim knocked my socks off years ago when he was on Freeman TV. He had the most comprehensive view out of anybody that I heard that was a peer of mine around how our weather is modified. This is a big topic. We have lots of different things that are going on that we're told are natural. And a lot of this can, I guess you say, be a liability shield for those out there that have had the ability to modify our environment. Our environment is constantly being engineered. Think about the social engineering. Think about the economic engineering. This doesn't stop there our weather is engineered. I've been of the mind for the last few years, I've really wondered, because I've lived in multiple continents, I've really wondered what is natural. Have I even been aware, as a man that's close to 50 years of age, have I ever witnessed natural weather? Jim Lee <laughs> and I seem seem to be in the same boat. Both being bicentennial fire dragons, um, we've witnessed hurricanes our entire life that have been steered. We've wis- witnessed different uh, aerosol sprays in in the environment. I've witnessed crazy lightning slash plasma storms. Uh, there's some there's some real shenanigans that are going on out there. And the, the, the one thing that a lot of people are not aware of is that one of the biggest industries, that one of the things that are being taught at like top, top universities, such as Stanford, is something called geoengineering. There is terraforming happening here. And the, the climate change that we're, we're being programmed to think that we're programmed to think us normal folk are uh, responsible for, in some ways we are, we are responsible for our very local environment. This is true, but the big scale stuff, like the really big scale stuff, um, that's not our doing. This is something that in the background, is being uh, foisted upon us and the the burdens being put on our shoulders. I personally think it's all an insurance scam. Uh, Living in areas that have been decimated by hurricanes, decimated by um, earthquakes, decimated by floods time and time and time again i know people that had insurance and the insurance has an act of god clause and the insurance company would say oh this was this wasn't this can't be covered we can't do anything about this so there's a lot of things that are going on and since insurance companies underwrite pretty much everything that uh, goes on in the securities industry i really i'm really thinking that uh that this interview will shed some light for you guys there's there's commodities like the actual commodities market um around storms like Mind block that that should be illegal in my pers- from my perspective. There shouldn't be people shorting an area, uh, shorting a security, a commodity for an area because it's going to have good weather or bad weather. I, I just I'm I'm just flabbergasted by all that. This podcast with Jim Lee really, if you if you have the opportunity to re-listen to the Sophia Smallstorm podcast with the EMFs. E- emf remedies these two go hand in hand because the emf soup that we're living in now has a lot to do with how water and weather are being moved about our plane of existence so enjoy this podcast with james lee check out his uh, website climateviewer.com also check out toferhq.com. and if you appreciate the podcast reciprocate in kind uh, I always have experiments, and uh, I have a few guests that I put requests at that uh, they um, need to be paid for their time. And uh, I'm considering it. I'm considering uh, seeing what I could offer to them, um, but I think they would bring a lot of value to you. So please help, you know, support what you love, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. I
1: feel like
2: welcome climate viewers this is jim lee from climate viewer news at climateviewer.com and as you guys know, I was recently on tinfoil hat podcast with Sam Tripoli with a good buddy of mine now, Topher Gardner. Um, never met this guy before. We just kind of got thrown in the mosh pit together. We had a really good time. Um, if you guys haven't checked that episode out yet, I suggest you do. It's live on uh Sam as you can see right there. Um and you can check out Topher's stuff at, uh, Topher Gardner. Let me see. Let me flip this thing. Why is it be misbehaving on me at TopherHQ.com host of the bio charisma podcast. Um, a brilliant man. I must say, uh, I was, I was blown away by the conversation that we had and, uh, welcome to climate viewer uh, news you're now officially inducted a climate viewer which means that you're not allowed to be a flat earther and other than that everything goes what's up Tofer?
0: bicentennial fire dragons unite brother
2: that's that's right we're we're both 1976 dragons um we are both gen x if you don't know what gen x is um you'll never know but um, we are we are the fu to the system. We are the bane of all public relations and advertising companies. Uh, we generally do not trust anybody or believe anything without you proving it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, so yeah, we have we have we have talked off air, and it uh, turns out we have way more in common than we even thought initially. Um, but Topher, tell them your background. Tell them what you do, man, because the dome homes, the biochar—just you know, give them the rundown.
0: I'm a South Florida boy. I uh, was born and raised in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. My dad was a commercial contractor. He built skyscrapers. So growing up as a young man, I got to see lots of hurricane tested materials. It, uh, it, it really got me thinking going an alternative route. Cause my dad, My dad told me a few things. He's like one square buildings were very inefficient. He hated the ball house style of architecture. That's what he learned at Florida State University. And um, he loved curves and he loved domes. We had Hurricane Andrew hit us in 91. And it decimated the area that he was building in. He was building Deering Hospital in Miami. And so I got to go down and see just the path of destruction and uh, it was kind of neat because 60 minutes had did this really cool story about an old man who had built domes on this uh, barrier island in North Carolina and it survived and uh, he what they they weren't going to give him any insurance and he said fuck it I don't care (laughs) and he built this indestructible dome home and another hurricane came and his, his home was the only one that survived on the island. And from then on, I was like, I was transfixed with the notion of, of curvature. And I grew up going to Epcot. Um, my parents couldn't afford like real European vacations, but they would take us to Epcot and we would enjoy like all the different pavilions of, you know, the, the different the future. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But I remember looking at a geodesic, the, the big buckyball, ball, the big Epcot ball Yeah, just being so enamored with it. And my dad is like, oh, that's just all little triangles. And he explained it to me. And so I was a scholarship athlete at Michigan State. I ended up um, kick. I went up to Michigan State, played football, kicked for four years and did did decently well. Um, I didn't like the machine. I didn't like the corporate the corporatization of the sport, kind of fell out of love with it and uh, ended up becoming a yogi <laughs> to kind of counterbalance all of the the uh, I guess you would say the uber machine mind and um, ended up going to India for a couple years, really jumping into Raja Yoga. In the the teachings of Patanjali's and uh, Ramana Maharshi, uh, and the-
2: we, we we do booty yoga in the house here. Have <laughs> <laughs> you have you ever heard of booty yoga?
0: I have. Jv Kennedy uh, turned me on to the. You ever see his movie where it was like Mala booty
2: <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like B U T I yoga and. Um, my wife does it and I just like it because whenever she's doing it like it's always to like some like skrillex sounding music and it's like constant movement so it's like I don't know it's a mix of you know like um it's kind of like tai chi meets yoga meets you know like a freaking rave
0: oh that sounds um, fun
2: yeah it's hella fun um, that, that but,
0: sounds like a lot of fun I, I would enjoy that But go ahead uh, <laughs> yeah so I ended up becoming a I was the operations director for an ashram, and we decided that we were going to move our base operations to Costa Rica. We did that, and the the floor fell out from the, from the operation, and then I was left there with my partner and had a lot of land and no money. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I better learn how to build something that can withstand um, hurricanes and can withstand all the earthquakes, because... Costa Rica has a lot of earthquakes and I was, we had just got there like during like one of the wettest years that they had had in a very long time. And then they had a very heavy earthquake season. So I saw all these beautifully built buildings essentially become parallelograms Mm -hmm. and it wasn't the fault of the builder at all. The builders did everything correct when it came to building these buildings, use great materials. It was just that post and beam structures don't do well on uh, earth that liquefies <laughs> or earth that does. Yeah,
2: pretty. I've never experienced an earthquake. Um, it's one of those things that I've always kind of just wanted to, you know, I've been through hurricanes, I've, I've, I've many of them, um, Hugo in 1989 mm-hmm. um, being the worst by far, um, you know, tornadoes, never really experienced an earthquake um so i mean i saw that it, it was trending on twitter "hurricane," um when hillary came through um i can only imagine what that's like but um yeah the the fact that there are buildings that are literally tens of thousands of years old of stacked blocks yeah um is just insane in and of itself you know weathering issues aside um That they don't topple over, that they're designed properly, they're weighted properly, and that we haven't learned a damn thing from that is, you know, screw um you know biomimicry. We're we're talking about look, it's right there. Like just copy it and improve on it. Um, but but, continue.
0: Yeah, my teacher, Dr. Joseph Davidovitz at the the Geopolymer Institute. He actually did that. He went to the the pyramids in Giza, Egypt, and in the early 70s, he dissected some of the blocks, some of the casing stones, and he recreated the formula that actually makes the 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 perfect limestone.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he he came up with these formulations in the mid to late 70s and was able to show exactly how the geopolymer block for the the great pyramids was made and he was subsequently never allowed back into egypt so why you you know you're
2: you're reminding me of the other guy what um i can't think of his name right now younger dryads um the young dryads period the guy who's basically saying um you know there was an advanced civilization before the end of the ice age I just watched a whole damn documentary on it, series on it. And he was going through all these ancient structures. Um, But yeah, very, very similar story. I'm not allowed in Egypt
0: anymore.
2: Yeah, Uh,
0: this guy. And the thing is, is that Dr. Davidovitz, he, it's the tell of the tape. He gets hired to consult on multi-billion dollar projects for military companies. Like, so I'm going to listen to him more so than a PR person for some fake, Egyptian narrative, you know, but, um, the it's really cool. He gave me, well, I was actually clued on to geopolymers in like 2010. I was building a type of, uh, dome called this a super adobe, uh, building, which is flexible form rammed earth construction. And I wanted to make the clay essentially that I was building with, I wanted to make it into stone. So I studied under, under, um, pressure it. and heat right no well that's one way you can vitrify that's more like pottery that's the way my original mentor at cal earth um, mm-hmm. nadir Khalili, he 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 believed in living in porcelain homes so he actually had built these these beehive domes these lancet arch domes and then he would set them on fire for four days and Just st-
2: Stuff them full of like grass and things like
0: that. No, no, no. He would stuff them full of brick and use it like a kiln. Okay. And then he would go on top of the building and he would, he would, um, gravity feed diesel. And he'd have, uh, okay. He'd have 55 gallon tanks dropping diesel down into these six torches and the torches would fire on the inside in a spiral. And domes are very efficient. So especially a beehive dome, like if you've ever seen an Indian tandoor oven, Uh it's essentially that shape. It's a lancet arch. It's like half of a vesica Pisces. Yeah. So the the heat would spiral around and then he would cover the outside with fireproof wool. So the heat would bake through these two foot thick walls. Kind of like
2: a Dutch, Dutch oven
0: exactly and then it would also bake all the brick inside and then okay once the fire was out he would take the bricks out and use those as pavers
2: see i was thinking that you were you were saying like he had already created the entire home you know structure out of adobe and then was going to blast it in place you know what i mean like like in, in that case you would literally have to encase the entire building and then light a fire from the inside and outside So that you got to even, you know, I'm thinking like a potter. okay? you know, like I did art, classic art. So you should check
0: the super adobe domes. They're really neat because they're essentially a coil. You use you use the these big um, essentially agricultural bags as forms. You can pack the earth into place and then depending on what your clay content is, you fire it. And so it's, I built
2: That sounds similar. I saw something when I was out in Arizona kind of blew my mind. And I, I, you you you've seen um you know like the way they do stucco. Yes. And basically this guy was building a fence and the fence was you know a good I would say 2 to 3 feet wide. And I was going damn, that's got to be expensive. And then one day when I was driving um, to work, I looked over and I couldn't believe my eyes because he was actually using bales of hay Yeah. that he was then putting the wire mesh over yes. and then putting the stucco on. So essentially the wall that looked three foot thick was just bales of hay stacked up mm-hmm. and then they had coated it.
0: Yes. Yeah, he'll uh where the hay hay bale houses are awesome because you have so much insulation that's what i was thinking you just gotta make sure you live in a place where you can isolate the the hay from bugs
2: yeah yeah well that's not possible in south carolina or in florida so you can just hang that up Uh, but yeah out there in the middle of the desert we were in uh casa grande and coolidge and florence um, Arizona it's like centrally located between Tucson and Phoenix um so I mean very few bugs except for you know the ones that just scare the hell out of you like the sun spiders and the tarantulas and things like that um and you know it rained twice a year so like no yeah. no no water issues whatsoever there wasn't a pothole in the whole damn state um right. just most pristine roads you've ever seen mm-hmm. um but yeah, a totally different environment. One of the questions that, you, that immediately came to mind when you were talking about that island earlier and putting a dome on it, do you build domes on stilts no. for like, cause like right now, um, you know, Florida's getting ready to get hit and they're talking like a 12 foot storm surge. Right. So, like, if you're going to build on an island, obviously you have to account for like a storm surge. Right. Um, have you ever built a dome on stilts?
0: No, I won't do that. That kind of that kind of defeats it, the, that that defeats the purpose.
2: Yeah, because in the you you would effectively be creating a wing, <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: not just that is that domes are monolithic, right? But you can't have a monolithic structure on a post support, right? Because the so- posts in any event whenever your ground is settling or whenever your ground is moving through shear yeah your the ground it's impossible to have equal density in your ground so the the fault of post and beam is it the it's so simple as you have a vibration whatever is dense will drop and whatever is light will rise
2: yeah that makes and sense so, that's why so many people have foundational problems, and they have okay. to get the jacks under there and lift one corner of their house back up, and then pack dirt back in underneath it. Precisely. Um, yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm just wondering if there's like, there's got to be some kind. I mean, aside from like making the dome perfectly waterproof, and then just running a snorkel up twenty <laughs> feet in the air, because I mean that's the redneck way to do it. Is that you know we have you we get our four by fours we go in the mud and if it, no matter what you what you think you got know, like guys trucks like a mile high because he's got 38 inch super swamper tsrs and you know a lift kit on top of that and the dude still got a snorkel that comes out of the thing up, 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 up the top of the cab and literally like they'll go into a mud hole and then it will be mud up to their neck while they're driving yeah <laughs> you're just like wow <laughs>
0: Yeah, because you um, know somebody's challenging them to go deeper. Oh,
2: dude! <laughs> like the the funny thing was, like you know, we were we were kids. We'd be in a Volkswagen Beetle, and what they didn't it, it it never sunk into these guys that like the dude that I hung out with. They had basically put a Porsche engine in the back of a Volkswagen Beetle, and then put these like mudder tires on it. They had like scoops. Mm -hmm. But the bottom of a, a, a Volkswagen Beetle was almost completely flat. You know what I mean? And then they had gone in and welded flat plates to where it was smooth like a boat underneath it. So, like, all these dudes would go out there trying to show off for the girls, and then they'd get stuck. And there was always, you know, somebody with, like, a track hoe, you know, with, like, big tank treads to pull them out of the mud. And we'd come zooming down and then just literally skid right across the top. You know, mm-hmm. it, ne- it would never even sink. Um, but again, you got to give it up to the Nazis on that beautiful round design because yeah. it's aerodynamic AF. Um, yeah.
0: It's a vault. It's I a mean, vault. it's a beautiful arch.
2: Yeah, they they what what's interesting is, you know, when my wife told me she wanted to buy a new car, we were in Arizona. The only thing I could think of was I'll get her in one of the new Volkswagen's. So we did that and then we, you know, we're like, all right, let's stretch it out. Let's see what we can do. We're in Arizona. There's no potholes like straight for, you know, a hundred miles. Um, let's see what we can do. So we're up to about 150 miles an hour when a cop pulls up behind us. And you can't make this up. The guy literally gives her a ticket for waste of a finite resource.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that waste, there was a
2: ticket. Wa- wasting gas. She got a ticket for wasting gas because in Arizona, outside of the city limit, those are just posted guidelines. There are no speed limits. The same was true in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, As soon as you got out to Corn Town and you weren't near the city and you were in the county limits, speed limits didn't matter. Of course, they mattered in the winter when it was snowing, but um, aside from that, you could haul ass anywhere you want. So That brings me to vehicles and some of the um, you know the silliness that that I've been viewing, uh, you know, from the less uh, astute among us. Um, we kind of got into it in the um in the podcast on Sam Tripoli talking about the Maui fires, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna get somewhat serious, but you guys know by now, I deal with um the stress of a job like this and dealing with, you know, some of the you know. The people in the comment section you know the ones i'm talking about um that really take everything too seriously um and during this whole maui incident you know everybody's freaking out i saw this video i'm pretty sure you saw it too let me let me go back to this one right here all right and i'm gonna share it up on the screen real quick because i just want to get your take on this just like we, we kind of talked about it on the phone before and you see the video right here. Mm-hmm. So um this is on the credit where credit is due section. How um Hawaii Real Estate Maui DEW Directed Energy Weapon Evidence of Directed Energy Weapon. Judge for yourself. And they have this this burn-up car with what appears to be no fuel source other than grass near it. Um, and of course, you know, the comment section is blowed up with firefighters, with all kinds of people saying, this is not possible. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Um, I'm going to give my take and you give and feel free to interrupt me at any point during this. So first off. It's a smoking gun, guys. Can, can, can you hear the audio on that, by the
0: way? no.
2: OK, let me um let me route that real quick. That won't take but a second because I want to make sure this gets into the actual recording. Go, go, go XLR app. Um, grab that and get that off the screen. And I'll go over here to routing and we'll route the system sound through
1: broadcast stream mix and. Oh, this car and what's surrounding it right now. And how temperatures could reach this level, creating this amount of melting of aluminum. I'm here with Donovan. He is, a, I believe, a, a hero of sorts. Aloha.
2: You can hear that now? Yeah. Okay.
1: Donovan. because he was—he He's was the one that uh, brought it to my attention that we have these these very strange occurrences. We just shot down on the highway. I don't know if it was actually live, but um, we have it all recorded, so we're going to post it. We're, we're at another one of these locations. So this is well above the burn zone, essentially, in a neighborhood known as Lahaina Luna. I'm going to show you around real quick. So you can see the scenario, and then judge for yourself. And again, if you enjoy content like this, I encourage. This is
2: the, the the important point that he makes right here is where he shows you the orientation of the car. I think is the most important part.
1: I urge you to please like the channel, subscribe, and share the video so you can get the truth of what's going on here at Maui. So where I'm at right now, just to orientate you. You can see the lights for the football stadium right there at Lahaina Luna. So we're right below Lahaina Luna High School in the neighborhood that did not. I repeat, did not burn. You can see all these houses are standing around here.
2: Okay, so the back end of the car is pointed right at the base of the mountains. So the wind is definitely coming from the mountains, hitting the rears of these cars. And actually at somewhat of a an angle, so I would say, you know, back passenger side of the car would be the direction of the winds. Um, verifiable Earth. school. Hundreds of different wind websites. You can track exactly what was going on that day. So the wind was coming down the mountains. That's unburned. the direction of the fire.
1: There's no burn here. Okay. So to me, this is like something out of a out of a space movie.
2: And I mean, I could even go a step further because um, I'm pretty sure uh, if I could find it quickly, Maui Fire, and it is right. I have a map right here. So this is the actual map of the burn sections. Um and we'll just flip through this real quick and we'll come over here to where the burn actually occurred and give it the clear view and we're good. So where they're actually talking about this car is and you can see it in 3D. This is still visible to you, right? Yes. So he's actually talking about the football stadium, which is right here. Damn, I nailed that quick. And this is pretty much about the area that he's talking about because it's surrounded by cars, um, surrounded by buildings that aren't burnt. And if I spend enough time here, um, you know, it could even be like right here. (laughs) Um, But regardless... You know, all they had was a grass fire. There's the two cars. Damn, I'm fast. Where's Waldo, motherfucker? I am so good at. <laughs>
0: that,
2: tell me that's not the cars. Tell it me is. that's not the cars. It took me that long. I I swear I didn't pre plan this. Um, but after spending ten years of finding the radar dishes and sat, you know, uh, NSA spy facilities, there's very few things I can't find immediately. On a map. So this is what we're actually looking at. And he says there's no apparent other fire source. So what what we can clearly see now, to give this some context, is there was a fire source. It started all the way up here by what is that? That is a power station. Uh-huh. The fire literally starts here at the power station, goes all the way down through this field, through this yard cuz that yard's burned so the, that's where it you know jumped the street it didn't burn the house down but it definitely burned this looks burned this entire yard's burned this is blacker than the rest um wind's billowing over this and if you look at the direction of the wind once again um we're talking coming down the mountain so that's where that's where that's occurring at so the, I'm I'm pointing all this out because you can literally see the little gray right there from the tire, um, the melted tire coming out to the side. Um, anyway, back to the video <laughs> Wow, well, That was fast. Oh, no, 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 no. I forgot this has controls and stuff on it. Let me get out of this. All right, back to this. So there's the cul-de-sac that's right there in the satellite photo. Um, as we can see, that is the location of said directed energy weapon car um cul-de-sac building on either side buildings across street everything's fine all matches up because that, you have a small
1: field right over. with some grass yeah, that's that right one. you can see where the grass burned darker right there, there. then you have these Walls. vehicles sitting Walls. in here that have melted oh yeah absolutely. aluminum so
2: riddle me this why is that tire the only one that melted and none of the others did This is, this is, I mean, Chris, tell me if I'm wrong. (laughs) If I, if, if, if this was a directed energy weapon, it was pointed at that tire. (laughs) Am I right? Because otherwise, you know, the entire car would be equally as damaged. It wouldn't be just one tire that's melted um all three of the other tires are completely intact um and furthermore when you look at the burn patterns on the car um what i see is like a massive amount of oxidation near the fuel um you know the we just talking mean, me here i'll just yeah. I'll bring it right up on the screen you can see that the the majority of the burn is on um the leeward side of where the wind was coming from So you almost have a backdraft on that side, um, which just further intensifies the heat. You already had 90 mile an hour winds. Um, So, I mean, your personal opinion, direct energy weapon, or is that what we're seeing here? Because you see this dark, extra burned, extra oxidized area around where the fuel is. You see this tire is burned out when they swing around to the other side, the other tire is not, you know, they're not burned up. Um, but they, they, they tend to focus on just that and the burnt glass. Like, you know, it's just a small miracle. Yet tire next door, you know, it's just fine. But um, same deal. Um, more damage on the leeward side from where the winds were blowing. Um, I'm trying to get a shot of the other side of this car, but they don't. But there, that's the same car. So this is the opposite side of the car. Tire is completely fine.
0: You mean rim? You you can't yeah the rim
2: yeah the rim the rim itself, not the rubber tire the 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 wheel well the tire you know the the rim. Yes. What's uh, your personal opinion?
0: You know, it's odd that in a cul-de-sac where none of the buildings are are affected, that these two cars would be just in what are the cars doing in the middle of a empty lot anyway?
2: Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is one of those, you know, what the hell is that all about? You know what I mean? But then you see right here, um, same shot. There's a truck and two other vehicles parked over here. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems almost like they might've been just junkers that somebody left there. You know what I mean? yeah i mean who knows that
0: happens a lot on abandoned lots you know people dump their trash on abandoned lots like it's like it's going out of style
2: yeah and i mean what i'd be interested to see is before the fire um and and i could actually do that real fast um let me go to uh let's bring it up before the fire real quick um and see if if they're if they're in the exact same spot because that'd be i think that would be interesting in and of itself just to find out um so we'll just go over here come down here go over to maui go to lahaina spin it around go there and the cars are there <laughs> come on now you really you know, so they got a higher res shot of all those. All right, different satellite source. Bing, look, they're there. And this is this is pre fire.
0: Uh
2: huh. Um, now I could I could really get nerdy and go back a couple months from today and show different shots. You know, from multiple different satellite sources. Um, but yeah, they're just. They're just sitting in the damn field. <laughs> I mean, and everything's pretty green. I mean, that's just, you know, green grass. These vehicles are there. Um, and let's compare that to where we were. Uh where'd it go? Go back to the post-burn satellite shot. Yeah, they're 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 pulled in the driveway now. <laughs> but um yeah that those cars are in the exact same position they were in this shot and this shot is at least a year old so what does that tell you those those are abandoned cars
0: yeah now if they're if if they're abandoned more than likely they don't have any fuel in them
2: yeah i know that that really does put uh, a what if on it yeah Um,
0: and you know it's they do look. They do look a little bit toasted. The thing I'm trying to negotiate in my mind is why did that lot that have nothing in it burn, but none of the buildings around it burn? What? What? What are? What's yeah, like the, it, it what's literally
2: the, stops right there.
0: What's the theory that these guys propose?
2: They don't really propose anything. They just. Uh, they basically just say. You know, um, look at liquid metal. Damn, that's hot. Got to be directed energy weapons, this guy. Um, And you see a lot of firefighters basically, you know, in the comment section saying, you know, I've been to hundreds of cars on fire. I've never seen anything like this. And my, my immediate, like, you know, critical brain says, but how many fire car fires have you been to that were in 90 mile an hour winds? Right, what I'm saying,
0: mm-hmm. like
2: have you really been to a car fire in a ninety mile an hour win because you certainly wouldn't try to put that out um but you know it does appear that to at least to me that there was fuel in the tank, otherwise, you know what the hell is that um, and I mean that looks like a Volkswagen to me I'm
0: yeah, I it looks like a passat.
2: Yeah, it's, it looks like a, that's what I was going to say. It looks like a Volkswagen Passat because um, that's that's the rim. I know the rim. That's what I recognize. Um, But yeah, I mean, when you look at the, the burn pattern on it and you see that, you know, it's most of the charring occurs on the leeward side. So the winds on the other side um you think about the fuel source you think about the convection that happens on the other side and you know the the semi backdraft of it the fact that the the wind is coming from the rear of the vehicle would carry that all the way through the pe- you know cab into the engine block cuz it would tear right through that firewall um i don't know i'm not a you know trained backdraft you know fire specialist or anything but i'm just thinking to myself if directed energy weapon that'd have to be hella directed at that back tire to not affect the other ones
0: well the thing is is like the directed energy weapons that i think of just to be to to be clear is i think more in alignment with the field effect weapons that they have yeah so like coherent
2: coherent wave you know that sort of stuff
0: they They create a resonant pattern, and it's a destructive resonant pattern. so they'll they'll sweep an area with with different three different types of EMF. Um, you know, like we talked about in Triple E's podcast, like they'll they'll saturate an area with static electricity and they'll do that between the boundary zone of a low and high pressure system. And then they will sweep a microwave. And wherever that microwave goes and wherever that microwave then intersects with an elf wave, you usually have some some catastrophe. Now, I haven't seen like this is the first time I've seen any of the photos from above, like your climate viewers awesome. Um, It seems very manicured, like where the fire was relative to how everything happened. It, seems, yeah. it doesn't seem like that would be like a natural burn pattern. And if it was just like, say a few hot embers that skipped over all those other houses, it takes a lot to like blow up a car. Like you have to have like a yeah. co- cocktail and like, <laughs> you I, know, it,
2: it, it just uh, that that's the thing about it that gets me because I'm looking at the burn pattern and most people do not have access to the sort of stuff that I find. Um, th- these are taken by Maxar Technologies. I, I I digs deep when I go finding things like this, um, mm-hmm. and this was specifically put for um, a disaster a post mortem disaster result. Um, this is on ion.cesium.com. Ion is a service for cesium. Cesium is the open Gia, um open source WebGL globe I use for Climate Viewer 3D. So it's almost like an imagery provider service that Cesium came up with, um, and they're using it in combination with like Google Maps API now, so you can get the 3D buildings, you know, where you can see the photorealistic um, buildings and all that stuff. Um, but even Google didn't have, um, and when I checked it, um, didn't have the 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 lidar scanned buildings, um, you know, like they do for like New York or stuff like that where you can literally, like, rotate around the Empire State Building and, you know, yeah. see a photorealistic view of it. Um, but if if you look at the actual burn patterns, um, they all seem to start as, you know, grass fires near power lines, um, and then they migrate down into the town, and there there are some obvious anomalies. I mean, like... It, I could spend the next hour just looking at this map. I'm a map nerd, okay? Yeah. Um, it, it's my sweet spot. You know, like I just, I I, I dork out over maps. I can't help it. Um, but when you look at the actual, um, the burn patterns here, and I can share this with, I'll, I'll make sure I can give you a copy of this in the thing. Um, when you zoom out and you see that the the fire, you know, it it looks like it originates somewhere up here. Um, you know, it's clearly, you know, there's, there's a dirt road that runs along this field and this entire field catches on fire. Um, this whole neighborhood stretches all the way down to here. It's not affected till you hit about right here. Okay. Which is right along where the grass fires are. So the fires start up here at this power transformer. Um, they work their way down. They they don't jump the road. And they seem to end right here. But over here, you can clearly see this is all burnt. So the fire moves down through here, jumps this, you know, rather large um, four lane highway. looks like almost, <laughs> you know, it jumps that and then comes across here. And still, these guys are spared um, all the way up to about right here. But then like look at that. Okay, okay, okay. Burn 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 burn. Now these this you know let's let's say this one caught on fire first. How the fire work its way back up but not continue. There's just there's a lot of weird weird shit going on here. Yeah, um the
0: tropics like so when I lived in Costa Rica we used a lot of propane gas.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, and, if those goes off.
0: Yeah, because islands, you know, islands don't produce that much electricity. Mm-hmm. So like if you could have a bunch of your utilities, like a a propane gas hot water heater, and um, you know, obviously a grill, that's the thing. Was like if you start to have some of those canisters starting to explode, you could have you could have very rapid fire you know, movement.
2: It also begs the question, you know, like, I don't know about paradise, California, but you know, how many of these were, you know, how many do we know? Are there natural gas lines going to I, these houses? I don't know. Like, this is one of the things that I've always thought about is, you know, um, yeah, my dad got a generac. Okay. In yeah. order to get the generac, you know, backup power generator, He had to get gas. So when he got the gas lines installed, he got he took his fireplace out and got my, you know, mom a gas log to put in there. So now they have a gas insert. And then I think about it and I'm like, well, you know, if like, say everybody on this block is hooked up to natural gas, that would perfectly explain what the hell just happened. Um,
0: That's a great question.
2: And I haven't been able to find an answer to that. I'm sure I could look, I'm not going to do it while we're live. Cause that would be rude of me, but I could find a, um, a government website that has like um, pipelines and stuff like that. I've done this in the past. Um, having these kinds of conversations just starts, I end up with more questions than I have answers. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah.
0: That's a good query right there.
2: Yeah. So that somebody let me know when you see this guys in chat, um, if, if I if I haven't found it already jim at climateviewer.com, um hit me up on an email um are are any of these houses hooked up to natural gas if so how many show me a natural gas line um and I'll show you explosive potential um but other than that there's some you know people make a, a big deal about the you know the big tree um down here the Bany- banyan tree is not what it's called? Um, and you know, then they go, but you know, boats were on fire and I'm going, well, yeah. Have you ever seen, you know, flaming balls of fire raining through the sky at 90 miles an hour? Did you watch any of the videos of, there was a guy that was basically out here in the bay. Um, and right about here, a tornado was forming. So. They they were actually watching the fire as it was whipping up and and creating a tornado. Um, a you water know,
0: stone?
2: it was basically a vortex. No, it was all it was all intra cloud, um, and it was from ground base to over the water, and it was starting to form a vortex. It wasn't actually a tornado, um, but regardless, there was there was a lot of talk about that too, um, and you know I've gotten several emails from people saying. That a lot of people say that they witnessed, you know, fireballs flying through the sky. And I'm going, well, I mean, you know, if I light my bed on fire and then I throw it in the air at 90 miles an hour, it's going to become a smoldering plastic fireball that's the equivalent of napalm. You know what I mean? Um, I hear all these horror stories from firefighters, you know, getting all types of lung disease problems because of all of the, you know, highly toxic cancer causing chemicals that we have and all the things we buy and put in our houses, all of them are, you know, filled with, you know, very, um, you know, uh, accelerants, let's put it that way. Um, So I don't want to like overthink it, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I understand why people are so fascinated by, you know, massive destruction. I mean, if it bleeds, it leads, they say. Um, But I also, in the video I made, you know, on Sunday that really pissed everybody off, I said, you know, I'm tired of grifters, you know, basically dancing on the dead bodies of people who are still missing, you know, making outlandish claims they cannot prove, um, you know, just for a buck, just for a click. You know what I mean? That's what I feel like. You know, I see see it so often. Um, And it's just such a gratuitous. um,
0: You know what what this all came on the back of for me? Tell me. So this summer, we went down to Florida to go see my parents. And my parents live in essentially a house that looks like the Borg. It's like this. It's a cube. It's a cube. It's a townhome and another townhome. And the two neighbor townhomes together it's like like it's almost a perfect cube and on the top of the house it has this very small double gabled clay tile roof the house is built wonderful i've i've weathered two hurricanes in this house nice and, um no problems sat on, sat on the upstairs balcony just watched the storm go by but My parents had three tiles broken on their, on their rooftop. The insurance company said you have to replace your entire roof.
2: Why? Now Now, they're interwoven.
0: No, no, no. They're literally the whole, the whole roof is, you know, one inch MDM board, tar, You know, it doesn't even need the tiles. The tiles are just there to give a a nice Mediterranean look. Yeah. They have three tiles broken. There's no leaking in my parents' house at all. They have to spend $45,000 to replace a roof to be insured. My friend is selling his house up in Boca Raton, like 30 minutes north of there. They have a nice house, perfectly kept up wonderful maintenance schedule the the selling company says we can't sell your house your roof is too old you have to replace your roof eighty nine thousand dollars later yeah (laughs) right Really? yeah because each one of the tiles on it are this very specific type of concrete tile and there's only one company in the country that makes it anymore so they have to essentially throw 90 grand into their roof before they can sell their home. Delayed the sale of their house for four months. My, my other friends that live up in Vero Beach, they have to replace their roof. So I'm hearing roof, 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 roof. And I'm thinking, ah, this is, a, this is just the biggest insurance scam ever. Because what happened in Florida is Florida only has one insurance company, homeowner insurance company now. And so they go ahead and put the grift out saying, hey, look, we're only going to insure you if we have a perfect roof on your place. And so this reminds me of when I was reading about how Agenda 2030 was going to be implemented. They said the number one way we move people into the housing that we want is we increase fees, taxes.
2: We them out of live in.
0: And it, it's unbelievable the amount of costs that people I know and love are incurring in these counties that are zoned one or zoned two, where the county has so much purview on everything that you do. It's not even like you own your home. And now with your own technology, they just fly over and they LIDAR everything. Oh. And, and they're like, no, you need to do this, this and this, or you're not going to get your insurance. and. It's it's it felt very scammy to me. It felt like, oh my goodness. And so what I want to know what happens in Hawaii is with all these people, because I build homes for other people and you have to get insurance, right? So what I'm what I'm looking forward to, we'll know, we'll have a lot better idea of what occurred what occurred once we see what the insurance companies actually say. Because once the insurance companies come out and say, OK, to now insure your home in this Lahaina, you have to pay, you know, $25,000 in premiums every year, subject to change upon, you know, acts of God. You will see so quickly how the gentrification of that area, you through the gentrification of an area, you will know what actually caused the fires to begin with. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Because who benefits? Exactly, like the, the old adage: follow the money. Like once, you, once, once it's all said and done, and that—that's the thing. Like you can speculate now; you you have every right to. It's freedom of speech. Um, but with these things, they take time. And and a good example I would think of was like when I was following hurricane derivatives and hurricane futures, or what they call event contracts. Have you ever heard of these? No. Um, so this is through what's called the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. They came up with weather derivatives.
0: Oh, my.
2: Where you literally bet on extreme weather events yeah. on Chicago Stock Exchange.
0: Yeah.
2: So the CME group. It's
0: part of the commodities market in Chicago?
2: Yeah, yeah it's called weather derivatives. Um, well, there's a specific one that really drew the ire of a um, a, a, a a lady i'm I'm not going to mention her name by name um but she would she basically wrote to the um the uh one you know the federal trade commission that's who it was she wrote to the federal trade commission that what they were doing at, at the cme group with what were called event contracts should be um looked into and disbarred because basically um especially like with the hurricane derivatives, they were betting, you know, on, you know, it was almost like um, that you could, you know, what short selling is it's almost like short selling a city um, that they could make bets on the fact that this part of New York city is in danger and then cash in on it before they even really cash in on it. Mm-hmm. um and you know people call this disaster capitalism they call it many things but the fact that hurricane sandy came in and what most people don't recognize is that it also coincided with the occupy wall street movement so <laughs> while everybody was marching in the streets of um new york and you know i was still part of anonymous um a happy idiot who knew nothing about the world, just knew how to hack it all. Um, You know, I thought this was a great idea. Um, Yeah. Screw the 1%. um, Had, had no clue, you know what I was doing, but I was watching what was going on live, you know, with Tony baloney and spraying all the people out there, you know, and anyway, so to get back to the story, um, Hurricane Sandy parks itself. Mm -hmm. It does like massive amounts of rain, washes away all this land. And the people, you know, basically are screwed out of their land. And then in comes the money to buy it all up. They scoop that up. It's no longer, you know, I've been here 80 years. I was grandfathered, because there's all these grandfathered in rules, you know, um that that a lot of people You know, they're like my house is. You know, the the guy next to me is paying like seven thousand dollars a month, and I'm paying two because we're grandfathered in. You know, I'm not I'm not a New Yorker. I don't claim to be an expert on it, but we have similar rules here in South Carolina. Um, What I do know about is double wide trailers. Um, Now, my dad owns a trailer park, and. When they built the trailer park, my dad, my my grandfather built the runway at Shaw Air Force Base. And from all, what I can tell from photo albums, he was probably a liquor runner. Um, because nice. you know, he's he's leaning on this old Ford, like you know, car that looks like the tails dragging the ground, and he's got the I mean, he looks straight like a gangster, all right. Um, So I'm pretty sure he ran liquor up during prohibition and, you know, had a construction company. He took what all of his money, threw it into buying land and trailers. The point I'm trying to make is that he put the trailers in, you know, like they do back in the day, very close together. You know, they're maybe 30, 50 feet apart. Mm -hmm. Um, Now the rules are you must have at least two to three acres to put a mobile home on where I live. Really? Yeah. Because they don't want mobile home parks, right? They want you to go and buy some private land in a you know out in the the county, nowhere near the city. Because mm-hmm. you couldn't get three acres of land and put a trailer on it in the city if you wanted to, right? Um, right on that county city line, and there's nothing they can do about it. Um, so yeah, it, it it there's a lot of cases where, especially if you're in a city that um, I experienced this. Uh, I'm going to make a, a stupid analogy, really stupid analogy. Um, the first digital land purchase happened in the first massively multiplayer online game, and it was called Ultima Online, and I played this thing. And what happened was they created the first MMO. This is like World of Warcraft you've never played games like this um where basically five ten fifteen thousand players are all running around in the same world at the same so the world has this fixed land area the problem that they didn't think about was you could go and you could work and work and work and get money and you could buy a house so you go to the town center you'd get a deed you go out into the wilderness you double click on the deed in your pack and then a little preview of the house would appear and you'd chunk it on the ground if you kept playing long enough and hard enough which everybody did because they were instantly addicted to this game the first murder as a result of a video game was ultima online the first infanticide over (laughs) a woman literally let her baby die in the closet um, a guy crossed, um, city, um, state lines to go murder somebody who killed his character and stole his castle. Um, I stole a castle, trust me. I know how much it hurts. Um, but the point is that they had castles and they would take up, say a normal house would take up a four by four tile of digital real estate on their map. But then to put a castle down would require like 18 by 18 tiles. And it wasn't very long, maybe a year or two into the game, there was nowhere left to put a house down. And they right. had run to a serious problem. Um, And that's when you you start to think about it from that perspective. But in the real world, that there's only a finite area that you can build in, in the city limits. Yes. Now, in the county, you know, People, you know, obviously it's cheaper, it's a longer, you know, travel time, but there become there comes more of a, a, if you would look, if you would have looked at the prices of castles and keeps near like Britannia, which was like when major hubs of the cities in this digital world, the price was like $10,000 mm-hmm. for a castle. But then there'd be one out, you know, that somebody luckily got on an island out in the middle of nowhere, and they're like, oh, we were selling it for like two, three grand." Um, the same is true, you know, in in the disaster capitalism world, they they put emphasis on, you know, centralizing the, what you know they talk about fifteen minute cities. Well, there's this other one called um, Mega Cities 2050 where they actually talk about the merging of um, like, say from Los Angeles to um, Phoenix, like being one major city, like all of that together. Um, It was a plan called Mega Cities 2050 Um, that they want to centralize as much, you know, people so that they can control them, the entry points, the exit points, all of the Minutia like the you know insurance companies like you're talking about, so wiping the slate clean like with Lahaina, especially you we're talking about Hawaii. You're talking about top dollar property, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, some of the most valued property on the planet. I mean, I said it while we were on on Sam's show. Um, My happy song when I'm in the dentist chair is on a beach in Hawaii by Ziggy Marley. Uh You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's one of those, you know, things that everybody kind of, you know, can picture. Everybody has this, you know, beautiful serene place that they think, you know, is, is paradise. And I mean, paradise lost. Lahaina is gone. What will become of it. And meanwhile, everybody's going, well, you know they shot Star Wars at it, and um, you know the Black Rocks coming in, and I mean I think the tail of the tape remains to be seen. I, I I hope and pray that the the people of Lahaina can regain their property. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't I don't see how you burn a person out of their own house. You know what I mean? Oh, like,
0: dude, it's been happening from time immemorial. Um, <laughs> dude, I I mean, uh, like I. I had, I've had, i had one billionaire client, and she suffered from being an heiress to the Barclays fortune. And I noticed she really hated me, but she kept me around because I was like a, a pet in a way. And I was trying to zero in why she hated me and why she wanted me around her at the same time. And then she reminded me of these other semi-rich people. She was like very, very rich. Like she was literally rich. But I was around a bunch of other people that were in like millionaire status. She was a billionaire. And the one thing I noticed that was the frustrating thing for her and these other wealthy people, I'll call them rich. I don't think they're wealthy. But they were rich people was that the reason why they really hated us people that were not bound to money like they were, was that we could live the same quality of life that they could. In this in this time of Uber abundance, like people understand we're in like a 50 year window, like essentially our lifetime, Jim, like our lifetime, we're living in a window where a middle class person can literally live like uh, like royalty did a hundred years ago.
2: Oh, that's a fact. I mean, everybody talks about wanting to get in a time machine and go back to the good no. old. Dude, no, you wouldn't. They No,
0: you they, wouldn't. The, where level, they had the level.
2: Bite on this piece of wood. We're going to pour some liquor down your throat. And we're going to saw your leg off. You want that? Not me.
0: <laughs> yeah, ahead. the level of convenience. And it because I've seen this, because I've been on these really rich yachts where we'd be going through the intercoastal and you'd be on a yacht that was like a hundred million dollar yacht and they would hate, I mean with vitriol in their eyes looking at somebody that was next to them in a yacht that was only like two or three million dollars
2: I thought you were going to say pontoon boat <laughs> some rednecks roll all by on a pontoon boat No,
0: that, that was even worse but the, my point is saying is like
2: just still was wealthy but not near their class or stature
0: because and what made them i was trying to register it took me a couple years to figure it out to like really feel what was happening because i end up having loop currents with my clients yeah i was really trying to like zero in like what is this thing that is that what is causing the rage and the rage was the fact that as, as far as I could understand, it was this person has just as much as I do, but didn't give up what I gave up.
2: So it's like the Prince Harry kind
0: of story. I don't know his story.
2: Well, um, Megan Markle, uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'd rather be an actress and be free than have to, cut, you know, give up all my life and, you know, my privacy and do all the royal things. Um, you know, I could have the money, but I'd have to give up all of these things in order to do it. That sort of thing.
0: No, it's 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 like when people get super arrogant to hide. So wealth creates a level of arrogance of like I'm a chosen one. And we all know how people act when they feel like they're chosen. But the reason why they're so angry is when you're chosen like that, you're also the biggest mark all the time. So what I noticed with the my really wealthy clients, the reason why they actually kept me around was because I could give a shit how much money they had. But the majority of people that were around them were only saw them as a dollar sign
2: right they
0: only saw them as a mark including including their own family especially especially their family
2: especially their family so that this reminds me of a personal experience i had um have you heard of manheim steamroller by any chance
0: that sounds sounds somewhat familiar yeah the,
2: the guy um basically he's like he's royalty in omaha nebraska let's just put it that way And I was working for a company called Positron Publishing, and we did, you know, 3D graphics. Okay, so I did 3D Studio Max, Lightwave 3D, um, some Photoshop stuff. And um, his name is Chip Davis, and he's a multi-multi-millionaire, does these outdoor concerts, like all instrumental. And he lives in Omaha. So, you know, basically, Brent, my boss, who was a coke addict... um, he saw Chip as this huge dollar sign, and me Gen Xer, like, no offense, but you shit on the toilet just like I shit on the toilet. You just have more money to buy yeah. nice walls around your toilet, but that doesn't make you special in my book. I could, I think, I could still whip your ass. So that's, that's the kind of mindset that I've always had, you know, like respect is earned. It it, it doesn't come from what you have, you know, it's from how you treat people. Um, so we go to meet Chip and first we go to a five-star restaurant. Now full full disclosure, never been to one in my entire life. So I'm sitting there and, you know, Brent's, you know, already having this conversation with Chip and I'm kind of just, feeling uncomfortable. Like I know I'm here to be the technical weenie and to, you know, cause I'm the most art artist, you know, person that works in the company. So I'm going to try to put together an artistic vision, but I feel way out of my league and chip, I could see him like looking out of the corner of his eye and slowly losing attention and everything. Brent's got to say, cause he's the money grubber that's there to just, you know, get paid to do, the 3D graphics for his outdoor concert. And he looks at me and he goes, he picks up the one fork because there's like, you know, so many different instruments in front of me. He's like, I always just use this one fork. <laughs> just immediately I was like, okay, this guy's cool. You know what I mean? Like that's so freaking down to earth that he would take the time to make me feel comfortable.
0: Yeah.
2: We hit it off from there on out. Like it, it got to the point where you know, we got to his house and I was like, "God dang, bro, you got these huge boulders. Like, I mean, he had boulders this wide, you know, that were his floor pieces. And I said to him, you know, I was like, man, you got it made. This is a dope house. Um, he's like, but we were talking about music and I was like, but I, you know, I'm, I want to see your studio because I heard that you have. The world's first Dolby 7.1 surround sound studio. Is it true? He's like, Yeah, you want to go see it? And Brent's like, um, we we really we, um we need to talk about the business at hand, you know. He's like, Oh sh- come, chill out, Brent. So I've met the exact opposite, you know what I mean? Like, I think that there are probably, you know, many people like him who are multimillionaires that still don't come off as classist assholes um because they've been around. At least they've been able to insulate themselves with good down, you know, down to earth or good hearted people that weren't always out to, you know, screw them over. Or they have extremely thick skin and can spot them a mile away so they don't let it bother them.
0: Right. Right. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not making the accusation.
2: Uh, I don't think you're general at all. You're talking about a a specific person. uh, Yeah.
0: I'm just saying that because we were originally talking about like what could cause gentrification of an area? What, what could cause people to actually eliminate? And that made my mind leap to the, the different uh, billionaires that live on that Island and they might. (laughs) And if those billionaires or anything like the billionaire that I was associated with be like, it's, it's time, it's time for the riffraff to go. And in Florida, like where I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, they gentrified whole areas where the blacks were like very fast. Like, there's whole areas of of Fort Lauderdale that when I was growing up as a white boy, you would never go to now are like white neighborhoods, like full on, you know, picket fences and like nothing to worry about. And you go, Oh, look, the crime is down. Da, 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 da. Yeah. But like, To me, this goes back to the insurance scam, which is the property tax scam, which is the whole agenda 2030 scam is essentially you pressure people into you for you to live here. You have to be in a tremendous amount of debt. There is no way that you can live anywhere within a city center like you said, like I like how you made the designation between a county space and a city space. If you're going to live within the city limits, you're going to pay for your, <laughs> you're going to pay.
2: <laughs> then there's cities within the cities because you have like these homeowners groups and these special, oh. you know, hold off divisions. So you, now you're inside the city, inside the city, and there's even a higher level of debt or let's say control right. that's burdened on you because it's leverage in the end, the more debt that you that they can they can put on you, the more control they can put on you, the more you're willing to just bend over and take it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and especially with the devaluing of the dollar, everybody knows right now that if you sell your house today, you're going to to buy the exact same thing you're selling would cost you ten times as much because of devaluing of the dollar, plus the increase in interest. Um, you know just to get this something similar to what you're selling, you're going to take a loss on it and you're going to pay four to 10 times as much for the exact same thing. So this, this has just been the nature of it. And I mean, I don't know if it's just a Gen X thing or just a Poe people thing, Um, but, you know, coming from, you know, a trailer park, you know, cause it's where I've, I grew up, you know, my, my grandparents, my grandparents built it. My dad, um, When my parents separated, when I was two years old, I was born on Vandenberg Air Force Base, moved into a trailer park. My grandma had lived through the Depression. So while my dad was off working every single day, our clothes came out of a dumpster, the yeah. trailer park dumpster. And she's like, look, you know, I washed this. It's clean. It's got one stain right here on the arm. Other than that, it's perfectly fine. I'm like, but you guys have lots of money. And she's like, and you're going to need it one day. So shut up. <laughs> um, operated my entire life with no debt with no credit either right um and i and i don't even i can't even wrap my mind around that world the level of stress that i would have you know if like if i you know had you know gone to college and had a hundred thousand at one point i almost went to the art institute in arizona because I was already at that company working with industrial light, magic, Pixar, Disney, um, multiple different companies. And my mom was moving because her, you know, her new husband was retiring from off at air force base and was going to Arizona. And she's like, do you want to come with me? And I was looking into it and I was thinking about it. Cause I was already in an art college in Omaha. And I was like, you know, I could go to the art Institute in Phoenix and, you know, just do this professionally for the rest of my life and then be making the next, you know, I could have been working on avatar for all I know right now. Um, but I decided, you know what, I don't, I don't want that for my life. Cause I had this conversation with the guy and he just, he bullshitted me for 30 minutes straight about how much it would cost. I literally did everything I could to just say, look, He's like, oh, don't worry, student loans. Duh, you know, Pell grants at first. You know, we get we have all kinds of systems. Said, What's the cost of four damn year bachelor degree? Just tell me, seventy seven thousand dollars. This was in 97. seven.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Seventy seven thousand dollars for a four year degree from art college, and I said, I mean, don't get me wrong, dude, but right now I'm working for a company. Who's working for Industrial Light and Magic, Pixar, and Disney? What the hell do I need a, your degree for? Um, and that's kind of been my modus, you know, operandi ever since. It's like if I can teach myself this thing, then I'm going to do that. I don't ever want to be in a position where people could take away my house, my livelihood, you know, any of that. Um, so we own everything. You know what I mean? And we the town i live in in south carolina in particular florida is pretty similar that's why people are flocking to florida because southern states you can generalize this exert less control over their people they take less state taxes um but you know the more um these m- more dense urban areas let's just put it that way generally the The stuff I hear it just blows my mind that people would even want to live in that kind of scenario. I mean, yeah, they're like, oh, but I make more money, but it costs more to live. And then I tell them they're like, Well, how much does a house down there cost? And I said, well, you can come to South Carolina and you can get, you know, five bedroom five bath on ten acres for three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And they're like, What? And I'm like, yeah, and it's all. Of, you know, this one I'm looking at in particular, it's, you know, almost 100 years old. You know, it's made from real ass wood, yeah. <laughs> survived many, many hurricanes. It's mm-hmm. actually, you know, they've got plant, uh, plantation homes down here that are original. You know what I mean? They're yeah. now going for like $2 million, $3 million, but still, um, when you look at the pricing between these major cities and... You know, at any point, like especially like they're they're talking about covid lockdowns and mandates again right now um I got a heads up two weeks before it made the news um and you a heads up I can't say, <laughs> but let's just say they work for a three letter agency um, and i I started asking around and I work at um the Medicaid office, I work in the magistrate court, um you know. In, in another city um, near here. And one of the ladies was walking out. She's like, we just got an email today, the state's warning that, you know, COVID's on the rise. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's the second confirmation. Then I got another email the same day from a different guy from a different three-letter agency warning that it was coming. Then we got the um, a, a interdepartmental memo that, you know, one of our health providers that the security company I work for was talking about having to reissue masks to everybody. So it's all like coming down the pike again. And it's like that whole period of my life sucked so much because I lost so much faith in people's ability to say, fuck you to the man. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wonder, you know, I worry about our future when, you know, literally like, uh, you know, I I got to know Hawaiians when I worked in a prison out in Arizona and, you know, even though they were, you know, convicted and they were many of them clearly evil people, they were still people. Um, And I, I got to know that, you know, a lot about the culture and it breaks my heart to think that these people will never be able to have their community again because of gentrification, because of disaster capitalism, um, and because dumbasses like Josh Green are saying, we're going to you know, protect outside billionaires from coming in and buying up the land. He didn't say anything about inside billionaires. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, when Oprah and Bill Gates are already there, how many more are already there that you don't know the name of? So um, the thing that, that that breaks my heart the most about it is, in cases like this, not only could a fire like that be prevented in real time with the technology that we have today, um, you know, there should be rapid response teams to to fires. You know what I mean? Like they have things like PCADS, precision um, canister aerial deployment system. Um, There are all these new technologies that aren't being used. We have national guard FFS, um, you know, for fuck's sake, um, national guard should be, you know, ready to rapidly deploy just like they do in hurricanes afterwards. Cause I remember in Hugo, the national guard being there is within like a day, you know, but in, in today's world, you know, we should not be having paradise fires. We should not be having Lahaina fires. Um, that's like number one on my list, but more importantly, with the amount of money we're throwing at like Ukraine and all of these other countries around the world, why can't we, when a major disaster like this happened, ensure that the people that, you know, screw the insurance companies, you know, Uncle Sam should be able to cover this. It's not that damn expensive. You know what I'm saying? Compared to what we throw away on foreign countries. hmm They should be, I mean, they should be able to literally go to each person. FEMA should be able to go to each person and literally say, show us a picture of your house. We're going to build something similar to it. It's still yours. You have the option to sell, but nobody will force you off your land. Mm -hmm. That's kind of
0: what happens is like, who's the major investors in these derivative markets? It's the insurance companies. Yeah. So, like the the richest, a lot of people don't understand that insurance companies that underwrite banks. <laughs> so when banks have to prove their collateral and they have to prove their their natural asset base, who are they actually proving it to? They're proving it to the underwriters that are coming from the the four major insurance houses.
2: And then the Federal Deposit Insurance Company. So corporate- the Federal
0: Deposit in the the Federal Deposit. Uh, insurance company is actually underwritten by the 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 main the main player of the world, so all of this just reeks of yeah. absolute and utter corruption, and corruption breeds incompetence. So whenever you have a bunch of people that are on the take for anything and they're they're in that lower vibratory state of being corrupted, they become incompetent. So you could have all these things in place, but oh, the the chief of whatever doesn't say to do this or this person was, you know, uh, playing hooky. There's there's just so much BS that goes on and it's, it's just a mirror of the consciousness of what's happening.
2: They're smart, dumb people. (laughs) Yeah. I like smart people because they think that, you know, I'm not that smart. They keep it, you know, they keep it real, but then you find out that they're genius and can literally take an engine apart piece by piece put it all out on a sheet of paper uh, on a tarp and then put it right back together again in while having a conversation, smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer, those dumb, smart people, I'll try. I'll take them every day over smart, dumb people, you know, who have a degree who think they're a genius, but can't, you know, manage something like an emergency because they panic or they just don't give a damn. Right. Um, but you make a great um, point about the insurance because the same is true with what's called weather insurance. Um, And most people don't know about this. So like, um, you know, in Omaha, Nebraska, we'll go back to that. The cornfields that are out there are worth, you know, $2 million. So the farmer, he gets crop insurance. The crop insurance companies, they get weather insurance. The weather insurance people pay weather modification incorporated north northwest um, northern uh, uh northwest uh weather consultants um you know these companies to do hail mitigation so instead of pay may, may, may paying them to make it rain they are paying them to make the hail smaller And this is through what's called overseeding. So if you put too many cloud seeds in the sky, not enough water vapor can get stuck to any individual aerosol seed to grow large enough to fall as rain. That's how you create a drought intentionally. That's Mm -hmm. how they did it after Chernobyl. Uh, Moscow went out and did cloud seeding. To create a drought to stop the the radioactive rainfall from reaching Moscow, um, they had it flood out Belarus. That's why when you see the Chernobyl radioactive patterns, it's right there at Chernobyl and it's at Belarus. And then Moscow was next in line, but there's no radiation there because they had all that rain dump out before it got to Moscow. So they created a drought over Moscow by dumping it there. So the same thing is true with hail mitigation. They claim that they're going to get up there and do a similar technique where they oversaturate the sky with cloud seeds so that not enough water vapor can make a big enough hailstone to damage the crops. The problem comes in when the guy that's next door who owns a different farm says, you know, I need more rain. And then he goes and hires another company directly to make it rain on his crop while the insurance company is saying, hey, make sure that it doesn't have hail. So we have this too many hands in the cookie jar. You got all this money wrapped up in it and insurance companies betting on the weather. You even got companies like Oliver's Travels saying that for 110,000 euros, uh, they can guarantee you a cloud free sky on your wedding day. Um, you know, so it keeps going back to, you know, this same cycle of ultra rich people need lots of insurance and the insurance companies exert control over something, whether it's the sky or the inhabitants. Um, I say it all goes back to the banksters. Yeah. I mean,
0: they they underwrite the banks. Yeah, what, so- what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is like literally everything that banks do is on collateral. And so who, they don't handle- who, who, who is the authority that says your collateral is worth anything? The, the banks answer to the even with all the derivative bullshit, all all the scams that are out there. They still have to answer. They're still playing a game amongst themselves. And they, they have somebody that they have to answer to. And I think at the highest level, it's a spiritual thing. But on the, on the human level, it's literally like, what do you have as collateral? And over the last hundred years that we know of, the insurance companies are the ones who decide they underwrite what collateral is worth.
2: Yeah because we don't we're not on a gold based system anymore and no bank actually has the amount of money on hand they don't even have a fraction of it um they talk about these stress tests like every bank would fail if they actually stress tested them um,
0: Yeah, they know like the whole system as as far as i understand it it's it's being primed for the flip to the next way that they can collateralize every single biometric that every human has so in our generation when we were born we are essentially like a seven million dollar trust fund that was set up for the u.s government in 76
2: the social security number
0: exactly you were worth seven million dollars as collateral of debt yeah so, but that was a fixed amount and depending on your performance
2: that from you through labor over right. your life
0: so what and that that all goes to an actuary like the guys that pay attention to who dies who lives yeah the actuaries run the whole fucking show
2: that's so, why they don't that's why you're not allowed to to kill yourself right <laughs> <laughs> because we haven't extracted enough money from you yet.
0: Precisely, you are worth a certain amount of energy. That energy is the equivalent to X amount of debt. So the new system that they're invoking, that they're that the the reason why they have to push us into fifteen minute cities or whatever the fuck they're called, five minute cities, yeah. is because the next level of collateralized debt goes on to every single one of your biometrics. So just like you're saying, there's these dipshits out there that are betting of, oh, well, let's make sure that the hail is this size. And you got other assholes going, no, the hail is going to be this size. And they're battling each other. In the future, it's literally going to be like the movie Rat Race. You're going to have a bunch of people, AI algorithms running. And they're like, hmm, Gardner's been eating a little bit too much uh, steak, so his cholesterol is a little high. I bet that his uh, blood pressure is going to be such and such for this not, And then you're going to have 15 other AIs betting, like- oh, no, no, no. But he, he, he sweats a lot when he makes those saunas. And so that's going to lower his blood pressure. And all of that's going to be collateralized. And the only way that they can create that collateralization is through monitoring, constant, constant monitoring.
2: They they've already kind of they've already we've already gotten to somewhat of that world with like you know the class action lawsuit against da, um Facebook for data sharing with third parties, um you know I would say you know the 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 biggest you know person you know, the biggest problem you know right now would be Alphabet obviously, um you know when you've got Alphabet and Apple basically owning the only two solutions for biometric digital tracking systems on the planet. And I'm talking about cell phones. If you haven't figured it out by now um, (laughs) in the audience, Um, do you want your iPhone or do you want your Android? Um, The thing that gave me a, a, for lack of better words, a boner was when Elon Musk basically shot his mouth off and said they were going to take Twitter off of the Apple and, you know, Android, um, play stores, you know, app stores. And he said, do it. I dare you. I'll make my own phone. And I was just like, Oh my God, do you know? So one of the, one of the things, you know, that I had a deep discussion with, uh, you know, some fellow hackers about was a future with open source hardware, Because there's always been this, you know, this push for open source software. Even Google Chrome was based on Chromium, which is open source software. That doesn't mean it still can't be used to, you know, rape you of your data and sell you to the highest bidder at all, you know, and the government tracks all of it through laws like Kalia, the Communications Assistance for Law Enforcement Act, you know, all of these things so that. You know, you had Department of Homeland Security fusion centers, which were created post 9-11 to gather all the intel from your local, you know, sheriff's department to social media, all of this um, and build, you know, these, you know, persona packages on you, which could be accessed by any of the three letter agencies, even though they're not supposed to because of po- post comitatus. you know, the military is not allowed to be police kind of thing um but all of that's being you know very perverted at this point and the only ones you really see pushing back on is is the european union but the real solution comes in the form of will we ever have actual open source hardware and we're kind of circumventing all that right now by allowing you know this new arms race with artificial intelligence because now we have what you're talking about, you know, with the biometrics of the future, where the the AI is literally programming itself. It's literally trillions and trillions of lines of commas, dashes, and dots. And even the programmers at OpenAI don't have a clue what the fuck any of it means. Right. So we're, we're going to get to a point, you know, we're, we're there now. Um, Or these AI are gathering all these data points on us um, that that literally with predictive programming um, and just knowing human nature that they could probably run your DNA sequence, run, you know, put in the data sets from your parents and know what your future is going to be like. And they will be doing what you're saying, like betting on what your life will be like. Which means that there will be a waiting system, and they'll be able to determine in advance, is your life worth keeping around or not? And that's a scary thought.
0: I think they're already running the numbers. I think that's already I think that's already happened
2: yeah that's that's, that's what, what I, I, I mean this is chatting. there's, the chat nothing,
0: out, like there's the- nothing new under the sun man. that's what I'm saying is like the people have been burned out of neighborhoods forever. (laughs) Especially really nice ones. Like, I I really, and I don't say this from a fatalist perspective. I'm not saying this from a perspective of like, woe is me, The, the end is nigh. Nothing like that. It's just very obvious to me that you have to live a humble, spontaneous life. Nothing could be safer for you living, you know, in South Carolina In a simple home, me living in Missouri in a simple home, and just being a living man and really always tapping into that which actually nourishes you. Because all this artificial intelligence stuff, all these bets that they want to make, they're coming from a materialist paradigm thinking if A, then B, if B then C. But that's actually doesn't leave room for God. Doesn't leave it doesn't leave room for. The spontaneous moment of now of like being in a flow state. And that's what I'm saying is like, I, I'm always like, dude, on a materialist level, if you're caught in the materialist paradigm, and that's your shit, you're fucked, because there is no way to survive what there, the the uh what is it the Faustian pact of the blockchain? If you get into the Faustian pack of the blockchain? And I've known a few hackers <laughs> and my my hacker friends have told me, oh, dude, when you try and hack Bitcoin, your life goes to shit. <laughs> but
2: but it's happened numerous times.
0: Yes. And who's to say the quality? I don't know enough about computing language to say, oh, you really know what you're talking about. You don't. I'm listening to people in second hand. No, they were, I, telling, they, I'm just... they were telling me that the blockchain is actually an AI and it learns you
2: so the, the thing about blockchain is that on the one hand it was designed originally for a purpose that was good and like anything designed you know you can build a ha- you can make a hammer and either you can build a house or you can crack a skull okay so the the original idea of say, like the interplanetary file system or any of these other, you know, decentralized networks was the idea that we could wrest control from government's ability to shut down services that were provided to the people of the Internet to freely associate by decentralizing it. And, you know, one of the earliest forms of this was like BitTorrent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where, you know, parts of the program that you're downloading illegally are on hundreds of thousands of computers. So how could they ever stop it? But the idea that, you know, like bit shoot, um, you know, that it's a peer-to-peer network where the videos are seeded among several computers. But the problem is that just like with BitTorrent, after a while, there aren't enough seeds out there to keep it alive. So your video slowly your video slowly dies. So the original idea intent of a blockchain network or what's called IPFS um, is a brilliant one in that, you know, it does everything decentralized is better. You know, and I and I say that, you know, when I talk about um, you know, food resources, um, you know, if you can have everything you possibly could need grown locally made locally whether it's you know medicine i know this sounds like a dream it's not a dream because very soon we will have 3d printers that can literally put together any number of atoms from any type you know as long as the materials are there on a molecular scale they'll be able to print out anything just like in the starship freaking enterprise hot coffee, you know, eggs, toast and a line of cocaine and the shit will shoot out of a machine, you know, um, <clears throat> that that may be, you know, 50 years away. But if we can get the sooner we can get to what was like during World War II, Victory Gardens, yeah. the idea that every, you know, every single place was self-sustainable, at least that, you know local communities could make enough food that they weren't worried on trucks that were never going to show up because they literally melted all the trucks down and turned them into ships and planes um we're not prepared for that in this modern world at all and that's what scares me about it all you know like i you know i've been just just as guilty as anybody else of going you know maybe i should You know, go back to college, or maybe I should go do this. Oh, what about the future? I should be saving so much money. I've got two daughters now. Oh my God, how much is it going to cost me? You know, like those are the kinds of thoughts as a father that I have constantly, you know, and my wife, you know, like, oh my God, you know, I, I need, I should be able to just shower her with, but at the end of the day, the the one thing that I know that I have more that it's worth more than anything is my life and my family. Right. And anybody would do it, you know, anybody who has a, a soul, you know, and cares about in some, isn't a complete narcissist, you know, would focus on that. So, yeah, I mean, like I want more because I want to take care of my family, but at the same time, Um, I forget where I heard the number, but the break even point, I think it was Jordan Peterson said it it is like $80,000 a year that anything above $80,000 a year does not make you happier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that in my life. I really have because, you know, the human condition is, I think, I think. How should I say this? I'm not going to be that broad. I'm going to make it more personal. If you're coming from a materialist paradigm and you think the the sustainer of you is a centralized entity, a centralized authority, you have now entered the apocalypse. (laughs) Because the apocalypse is just the revealing. It's the revealing that this central entity that you've displaced authority to does not like you and does not want you around. <laughs> and it's very systematically cutting off services, cutting off money, cutting off all the things that you think you were entitled to. So that's why I make soil. <laughs> my my biggest company right now makes soil because you know what? in the very near future we're all gonna need a lot of soil <laughs> to grow nutritive plants that i mean like it's it's so obvious us fire dragons we're always the ones yelling saying uh dude dude the marauders are right there genghis it's khan
2: calling i'm warning you it's <laughs> gonna second
0: <laughs> they're right there. I'm telling you, they're right there. Like, it's here, man. It It's here. And so it's just really like, I'm, I'm of the mind that live simply live humbly be spontaneous, you know, put down the digital implements as much as you can get your hands in the dirt and, and, and just be a free man that way and how each one of us is different. Each one of us is going to express in whatever way we're supposed to, but do not be under the impression that that there is a centralized, authoritarian deity that has your best interests at heart. Nothing could be further from the truth. There might be people within the machine, cogs within that machine that have your best interests at heart, but the machine itself is, is there to devour. And historically, if you have any knowledge historically, at the end of empires, what is the number one thing that occurs? Democide. That means genocide by the government. (laughs) And they start off with these things like, oh, we just burnt down Chicago. Oh, we just burnt down Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, we just burnt down San Francisco. Oh, St. Louis just burnt down. Oh, you know... Lahaina burns down, Paradise burns down. It's the same fucking calling card forever. They just do the same shit over and over and over again. And they throw a new mask on it and they say, oh, it was incompetence. It was this or, you know, it was a hundred year fire. Shut the fuck up. This stuff is very systematic they move debt to where there are young people and when they designate an area it has gotten too old they just clean it up they literally just clean it up
2: i and- mean we that with the the nursing home scandals during you know covid i mean that that that's the most blatant one that comes to mind the minute you say that you know like
0: Dude, at Michigan State University in 1996, I'm sitting there being taught by an Argentinian professor in 400 level degree economics. He says he boils down four years at econ to us. He goes, look, central banks have one M.O. All they do is move money from where there are old people to where there are young people. And in the 90s, the average median age in the United States was 47 or 48 years old. Now it's 52. Europe, it was 52 then. Now it's like 54, right? The BRIC countries, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, guess what their median age of all four countries is if you combine it? 24 years old.
2: I would have been wrong. I was going to say 28, maybe 30
0: twenty four years old my friend the first guy I built domes for it he literally fly he did fly before he died g eight the like the the highest rated Gulf streams when he first started flying the g eights he was flying from London to Dubai he did that for eight years by the end of his life he moved out of London and lived in he was in moscow and he was flying from moscow to shanghai that was his main he said the the company that he worked for that was his main route he did that twice a week for eight years dude the money has moved like they're moving it all over there because that's where the young people are now, that's not to say there aren't young people in the United States, but the average like you look at it is young people are young, dumb and full of come. They want they, they 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 have gusto. They want to go for it. They want to make it happen when you have an old entitled uh, group of pop- populace, they feel entitled. They're not as productive, even though they might have more skill. Right.
2: They lived on the 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 promise of the United States government that they would be taken care of by the Social Security system, which they have they bankrupted.
0: Dude, and- my civics teacher in 1988 told us. He told us, Mister Siegel. He was like, "Do not ever even think you'll see Social Security."
2: we we i was told the same thing you know like i remember you know we were i was in gifted and talented program so we had a different set of classes than the usual kids in public yes. school and they they you know our math teacher was you know doing an equation you know like on there and he's like here's you know the, the the age graph and we he had a you know this really complex graph up there and he's like and this is you guys not seeing a dollar of <laughs> like at the same time just busted up laughing like yeah yeah that's that's probably true that was like eighth grade man um you know born ninth yeah. 19- yeah. grade like being to- taught by a math teacher that there was no future for us that this was built for the baby boomers which brings me back to the point that um you know I, a, a particular millionaire told me That the only reason the U.S. dollar has any value whatsoever is because it's backed by the bullet. Mm -hmm. And he said the bullet and the bomb. Yes. This guy in particular, he was from Russia. He moved to to America. He used to be Russian special forces. I believe him um, based on the tattoos that I saw and, you know, his enormous wealth. Um, and he, he had, um, I, I knew another guy who was a video producer on YouTube and that that's how I met this guy. And he said, he wants to, you know, talk to you about possibly investing in climate viewer. This is like early, you know, when I just started out. So he flies me up to his mansion in New York and we spend, you know, like all night, all weekend long talking like 8 hours a night. He was a he was a fucking vampire, I swear. The minute the sun started to go up, he would go in. I wouldn't see him for the entire day till it was nighttime again. And then he'd want to talk all night long. And d- during one of these marathon sessions of talking, um that's when he brought this up and he said everybody in Russia knew that if we said the American dollar didn't have any value, that that we would immediately bombed off the face of the earth. And that simply that simply put, the only reason our dollar is has not become completely worthless is the threat of retaliation to anyone who says so. Right. That's why, you know, like two thirds of our budget every year is for the military, because without it, this all falls apart. Mm hmm that's this that's the scary you know like we're teetering on this edge you know that everybody says hey we don't want to be interventionists you know you got a donald trump come along saying hey we need to you know we need to have just enough military to protect ourselves and not intervene in the whole damn world and you know be imperialist and the military people are like but then we won't have money and the banks won't have money. And then the money won't be worth money. Mm-hmm. And that would be the end of everything. And of course, now they're trying to throw his ass under a jail, under a jail. Mm-hmm. Um, But that, that, that's always rang true to me, you know, since I had that conversation with him, it's the, th- the intimidation factor that, right. you know, okay. since world war II since we kicked the world's ass twice, you know, once, 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 you know, one time. Okay. Two times, everybody in the world's like the son of a bitch, you know, they really did kick the world's ass this time and then drop two nukes to just like dunk on us afterwards. um, Because the Japanese had already surrendered before those nukes were dropped. Um,
0: You know, do you know what you just made me think of?
2: What's that?
0: Chappelle's black bush.
2: That it's my favorite skin. <laughs> my favorite skin. You, you ain't got no guns. <laughs> he's, just, he's, you know what? United Nations, sanction me. Sanction me with your army. Oh, wait, you don't have an army. I guess you better shut the fuck up. <laughs> Bro, it's the best. It's the, if you have not seen Dave Chappelle's Black Bush, go watch it right now. So you can laugh along with us. It is. Well,
0: so like, oh, bitch you cooking? just yellow cake. <laughs> Don't drop that yellow cake.
2: <laughs> Dave Chappelle is he is still the goat, man. Um, I wh- I tried to watch some Chappelle show with my daughter. She's 13 now, so I figured she was old enough. Okay. And we we had got through, you know, the Black White Supremacists at the very first episode. Yeah. Like the very next scene i'm like going okay there's too much sex in this how did how was this on television oh it's so good it was
0: was all well you know it's r kelly remix
2: (laughs) (laughs) rick james (laughs) oh lord i've got to actually have a soundboard and that's um you know like i play um When I was playing Modern Warfare, I would I would troll everybody with Dave Chappelle sound clips.
1: That's
0: great.
2: Kinds of stuff. Um, good times, man.
0: Senor Senor James, I got to get rolling, my friend.
2: Yeah, man, it's been too much fun talking to you. We these these are the random conversations of two Gen Xers um, from the year of the dragon. Um, Bicentennial
0: fire dragons.
2: Two hundred year fire dragon. Two
0: hundred year. (laughs) well um you eat too much you scare my wife everybody go
2: to topherhq.com buy roundhouse don't square house bad
0: that's
2: right the new world order they all they all want to take your biometrics is steal your data own your ass Glad I got to meet you on Sam's show. I'm glad that we, you know, got to talk on the phone and I'm definitely glad we had this conversation. I had no idea where we were going to go with this. I'm glad that I did not make any plans because I wouldn't have had it any other way. Um awesome. it, Anything that you want to promote that you didn't get to before um, you, you mentioned you have a podcast, anything yeah, else? Yeah,
0: My podcast is the bio charisma podcast. We're on all the players, except we're not on Apple. Um, so there's that. This weekend, I'm actually introducing to the world my Rocket Retort, which is a modified rocket stove that makes biochar. And uh, so that's something I've been working on for about 12 years. Like I said earlier in the in the cast, I, I make soil. Um, I'm also making soil on a commercial level. And so we're bringing that to market. And uh, we're going to be putting biochar in paints. We're going to be putting it in stuccos and concrete. We're going to be throwing it in everything, and toothpaste. Um, I'm actually going to be giving a a speech this weekend at the Barataria Times uh, National Festival on the number six. Last year, I did the number five, as in P-H-I-V-E. And uh, that was like the golden ratio. And the incommensurate geometry that's in that. And uh, then we're graduating to six. And this year, six is about carbon and what carbon actually is as a uh, construct within our biology and uh, as an antenna just on the material level. And so it's good stuff. Um, I'm always putting out tons of, tons of new stuff um, in the real world. So my my digital my digital life hasn't really caught up to the real world, but I'm getting there. I'm getting better at documenting stuff and getting it up and out.
2: You're just gonna have to hire somebody to follow you around with a microphone and a camera.
1: Yes,
0: it's true. It's true.
2: Well, get on that, and I'll I'll definitely tune in for it. And um, you know, I do appreciate you doing this being my crash test dummy for my first uh, Zoom interview in quite a while. I I used to use a uh, um they had the google hangouts back then it's so easy and they took that away from us and now everybody uses like Streamyard and all that um next next level is to actually do this live so that we harass the people in chat while we're doing this um so i'm gonna do that in the near future but um i appreciate you coming on man awesome i I hope the best for you dude Don't, don't be a stranger
0: i won't i won't i got your phone number i'm gonna be harassing you
2: Okay. I I I'm cool with that. I like harassment. Um, well guys. Thank you for tuning in to a completely random uh, conversation about how fucked up the world is. How um, they're gonna burn you out of your house. They are gonna you <laughs> know with weather warfare. Um, how that could have been a directed energy weapon. It could have been just a lot of wind and gasoline. Well, neither one of us actually know. And that's the thing that's beautiful about being a Gen Xer is we don't have any shame in telling you we don't know. And we also. more than likely tell you that if you tell me you know something for certain, I will say you are full of shit. And I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, And remember that we talked about a lot of things, and that's a lot of information. With information comes power, and with power comes great responsibility. So please remember to use the information that we provided to you during this completely um, impromptu conversation to attack ideas, not people. Love you, mean it.
0: Hope you enjoyed the pod with Jim Lee of climateviewer.com. Isn't it striking that there's a commodities market around storms? That's all you need to know. Uh, my wife is a stickler for grammar, and we have a young one, and we are creating this podcast as a way in which i can i can talk to the best people in their fields everybody that i have on the podcast is really a giant with their research and the and they're all authentic beings i followed jim long enough to know that this dude really cares about what's going on and he and i obviously have a resonance after our time together in the Tinfoil Hat podcast. <laughs> We've talked on the phone for a few hours. We did we did this pod. It's just like okay, we're simpatico. There is something to um, an enemy that that hides with how they fight you. If you have a chance, read two books. One one's actually just a pamphlet. The first book is The uh, The Art of War from Sun Tzu. Um, The reason why this is important is once you understand that your enemy actually beats your mind first before it beats your body, you'll really understand, you'll start to understand strategy. You do have an enemy. Now this doesn't mean you're a victim. Enemies are there and they make us sharper. They make us, you know, frosty and froggy. They keep us on our toes and they keep us appreciative of what we actually have. So, your enemy wants to take your dignity away from you, and your enemy wants to essentially disempower you through vice and through vice, your stupefaction. Do not mistrust your senses. God gave you your senses. There are certain things that you can see and that you can witness around you. Trust it. Don't, like, trust it. If you're of a certain age, you know that a contrail does not equal a chemtrail, they're very different. There, there there are certain things that are occurring in our sky that don't make any sense. Why is it that you ha- end up having a tremendously long, let's say, um, exclusion of commun- community engagement where people are wearing masks? And at the same time that this is occurring, you have almost every school in the Western world peppered with 5G towers. There is an invasion that's going on. <laughs> yeah, actually, invasion is the wrong term. I'm sorry. I was talking to my wife last night about it. The, the movie that I feel is analogous to what what is happening right now is the movie War of the Worlds. Because in that movie, there's a depiction that the alien presence had always been here. It was always there. And it was like dead center of every town. And it literally came up and it came up through, (laughs) it was essentially initiated through plasma storms. There is something to that. There is truth in fiction sometimes. And what's happening now with these different weather events is a lot of them are steered to the benefit of people that have huge financial gains um, to be had from them. I have to admit, growing up in South Florida, there was a little depression going on in the late '80s, early '90s. And guess what flipped the script? It was Hurricane Andrew. After, you know, from the destruction came the rebuilding. You know. It's the whole Raz Al Ghul metaphor in the Batman series. So there are people that have printed things on, you know, federal <laughs> depository notes or uh let's say uh let's say the fiat that circulates that says order out of chaos. What better tool to create chaos than weather? Let, like think about it. So in that regard, um, I know a whole bunch of people that are essentially building resilient structures, uh, myself included, you know, using products that reflect EMFs, choosing land that is resilient, you know, choosing land that uh, is not necessarily, you know, in (laughs) floodplains, I feel kind of vindicated. We had a choice of property, either in the Ozarks or in um, Florida, and that area that we had land in Florida, we sold a few months ago, and it just had a 14-foot storm surge (laughs) from a hurricane. Like it'll be flood. It's flooded. it's pretty much gone all the houses there are built at a nine I think code was nine-foot stilts with a 14-foot flood surge even the houses that are stilted you know the first story definitely got uh, a tremendous amount of water so there's all this that's going on so be very savvy with how you plan your movements where you plant your flag and Understand that your senses are a God's gift to you. We came here to learn boundaries. We came here to incarnate in the physical, to have uniqueness and the capacity to discern our environment. And uh, hopefully this podcast with with Jim, you know, really uh, solidifies that in your mind. I really appreciate your guys' support. The more um, you share the podcast, the more you rate the podcast, uh, the better. Um, We're doing really well. Our numbers um, are growing. We have an active uh, Telegram chat, which I'll put the link in. And everything's like really, you know, people seem to really be vibing with the guests. And I really appreciate your support. So. If you do appreciate what we're doing, reciprocate in kind, the donate page at toferhq.com. Uh I'll put a PayPal link to I'm selling my Rocket Retorts now. And Biochar. <laughs> So you guys actually have the capacity to uh, get some of the things that I've been developing for quite a while, which is really exciting for me. It's been a long time coming and uh, now I have roots back in the States where production can happen a little bit. So this is this is a, a very fun time for me. And I am also um, have a consulting service for, for building, I'm talking to lots of different podcasters actually i think i gotta come up with like some catchy name like a podcast dome or domer cast or something like that because uh um there's a bunch of podcasters that all want you know alternative structures for themselves on their land so that's that's a lot of fun for me to think about and maybe uh do like a little road trip of dome building so really appreciate your guys support and i look forward to hearing from you and check out our telegram chat and uh yeah i also have t-shirts so yep got some merch coming so you guys uh once again this all is all happening because your support and if you have a chance to to send jim a shout or sam tripoli a check a shout uh, please do, because that always helps me with being hooked with other people. So, see you guys next week.
1: You to know You ought to know by now.